TRP is a theologically progressive Baptist church in Salisbury, Maryland. This is our podcast. Tessa and I back in the booth. Back in the booth. Back in the booth. We were listening to In Vogue later, so whenever I hear that... I immediately go into that break. You know what I go to. I don't. Hanson. Okay, that's different. That's different. We were children of different decades. That's true. Child of the, really of the 80s, but En Vogue was in the 90s. Child of the 90s. I remember watching En Vogue on MTV and The Box. Yeah, I would have not been allowed to watch MTV. I wasn't either. I had to watch over at my friend's house. Oh, sneaky. Well, it wasn't just that I wasn't allowed to. It's because we didn't have cable. We still don't have the internet at my parents' house. Wow. They have a hot spot. Oh. And actually, they were they were on Zoom a few weeks ago for church. And, oh no, it was for the class we were doing. Either way, they were on Zoom, and they heard this sound, and this loud, <laughs> this loud sound, and it was the battery blowing up of their hot spot. <laughs> so, like, what? they're in class, and they, they just kind of, like, and they're gone. And we all didn't think much of it because, you know. I thought they got offended or something. Nah. That's I'm just, just kidding. That's just a day in the life offending my parents with um, my with my religious views. I was kind of hoping you were going to say they still had dial-up. No, we did have dial-up for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately when we logged on, it said, you've got mail. But you really didn't, usually. I mean, it was like junky. Junk mail. Junk, junky yeah. Junkerson. All right, so the last time we talked with all of you was Advent week three. That's wild. It's been a long time. We recorded Advent Week Four. It's been a long. And it uh, it didn't survive the crash of Tessa's MacBook. Crash of crash of the book. Which I'll go on record and say is probably a good thing because in hindsight, I was saying some things using some terminology, maybe that you know, end you of know, the year, you just, just leave it all out there. I, just, I left it all out there. Left and it there out. There it stays. <laughs> all out on the playing field. It's like Tim Riggins and Friday Night Lights. Just put my, cleats, yep. put my cleats right on the turf. Yep. Walked away. That's right. The cleats are still there. But thankfully, nobody had to hear what, no. what I was talking about. <laughs> if you're really if curious. If I remember so, correctly, we both said some crazy stuff. If you're really curious, drop us a comment. Yeah. Give us a five star rating and drop us a comment. Yes. And we'll tell you. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. Well, this episode is brought to you by Revel Roasters. Mm-hmm. We're here drinking a little bit of French press. I've I've actually started drinking what is referred to as the Black Eye. Mm-hmm. Double shot of espresso in a in a cup of coffee. In a cup of coffee, and I didn't know I had been ordering red eyes. A red which eye is, is, one... a, is a single shot. Yes, which I didn't even know because all of the shot pulling is automated. I didn't even know they did single shots. You just pour out half of the... You pour out half of the double? Well, you don't pour it out, but usually, like, you'll use it in... It, it depends on what you're making at the time. It's just... So if, if I'm ordering a red eye, are they going to give me a double shot in the coffee, or are they no. just... It's a single shot. That's so stupid. Well, some people might not want a double shot. I understand that. And also, you have to pull shots for a coffee smoothie. So usually, either you have someone who's getting a large, and there's a large ice, and there's three shots in that, so they'll use half of... The double shot they pulled for yours for three shots, or they'll dump the other one in the smoothie jar. Because so, you have so to wait, pull. Wait, so with the smoothie, you're just having old shots in a jug that they dump out. 
Is that what's happening? Or you'll have to, yeah, because you have to, at least when I was there, you had to fill that smoothie jar by the end of your shift or whatever. All right. So if I go in there and I say black eye, they're going to give me the full double. If I go in there and say yeah. green eye, are they going to know what I'm talking about? What is that? Three shots. Oh, maybe. I don't know. All the, it's like it's like in and out with their unspoken secret menu. Do you get a cup of menu. coffee with a green eye in it? That sounds crazy. Well, I think the the green eye would be the three shots in the coffee. But right, that sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. That's just that's just what my coffee aficionado friend was saying yesterday on the Slack. Shout would, out to Dan Hakeem. I'd be more likely to get an Americano with four shots in it than a cup of coffee with because I don't personally love their regularly brewed coffee. This has this has morphed into coffee talk. This <laughs> coffee, coffee talk. talk. No big whoop. Talk I'm, about coffee. I am wearing a hat that says coffee on it. So, oh wow, maybe that that'll be a separate podcast because the yeah. world needs more coffee talk. Blathering by people mm-hmm. with, with microphones. That's just what they need. So anyway, <laughs> we haven't seen you from the time of Advent, no. and we're not seeing you now because this is an audio experience. That's right. But we are here to talk about the last five weeks of what we've been talking about at TRP, which is a series on the, the book of Psalms. Psalms. I'm so sick of the Psalms. I hate them all. Wow, are we almost done? One more week? Uh, no, it's over. Oh, it's, it's over. Done. Okay, so here, here's the, the backstory with Psalms and my, my level of... Why did I think it was... Did we do six weeks? We had a snow week. Oh, so we just skipped a week. Yeah. So way back in 2013, 2012, 2013, probably 2012, I began my journey of writing a dissertation. And when you're doing that, you have to make a, quote, original contribution to the field of scholarship, end quote, Mm -hmm. which is, it sounds really daunting, you know? Yeah. I got. I don't have, have really original material. Yeah, I'm not. That's... I don't know about that. But anyway, I, I read this article one time that said that nobody was talking about the ethics of the Psalms. It was quote veritable virgin scholarly territory. And I said, "Woo! All right, sign me up. I guess I'll talk about the ethics of the Psalms." That's literally how I started this. I had no idea. I read an article that said nobody's doing this, and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I guess I'll try." <laughs> and, that, so you you got intimidated by needing to make a contribution. Yes. So you decided to make a contribution that no one yes. had any writings in. Yes. That's basically it. And my advisor at the time um, had just either just finished up a, a really good three-volume commentary on Psalms. It doesn't matter. I mean, my supervisor has written commentaries on every book of the Old Testament. Uh, but when when we initially started talking, he's like, "I don't care what you write on, just just don't let it be Isaiah because I'm tired of Isaiah." I was like, "Okay." And at this point, I had already had ten, twenty, like I whatever class I was, whatever I was reading, I was like, "Oh, I could write on this," and it, ha- it has ranged from so many stupid things. In fact, when my PhD the first time PhD program was falling apart because my advisor was being shown the door, um, <laughs> I thought about becoming a Josephus scholar. What? And emailed a guy at Catholic University and said, "Hey, I my my thing here is falling apart. Might I come and study Josephus with you?" 
And he's like, send me a paper. So I sent him a paper. And he's like, yeah, this is pretty good. We, maybe we could work something out. And just like in hindsight, what? what sort of job opportunity would be afforded me? I mean, there's no jobs anyway now with really great, really broad degrees. Like when you go to Notre Dame, you learn all of early Christian literature. Like you learn all of this stuff. And those guys can't even get jobs. Right. Um, so now, like, my my niche of Josephus <laughs> and his reinterpretation of the Old Testament would have been like, who is this guy? What in the world? So anyway, for the past 10 years plus, I've been thinking about Psalms. Which is why you're sick of them. I'm sick of them because of that. I'm finishing up a book on Psalms right now uh, that hopefully will be out in a year or so. And I've also uh, decided to contribute five sermon manuscripts for a friend of mine who is editing a volume on sermons of all 150 psalms. So he's got a whole bunch of contributors. Yeah, and it's it's a massive project. Um, The publisher does these books for each of the books of the Bible, and I don't know, psalms is next up how long is each sermon like how many pages do you think this book is gonna be oh it'll be big it'll be crazy um is it multiple volumes or is it, it just all be. in one i don't know i don't wow. know yeah that's because, a project i mean it's it's like 20 minute ish sermons for each psalm my thing is like who's gonna read this you know, I mean, our pastor, Pastors? first of all, first of all, if I'm a pastor, I'm not reading this because I don't want to rip off somebody else's sermon. Right. Well, that's you. Yes. Other, some other people. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, here's the caveat of that. If people are the type that want to rip off other sermons, they're not reading books. Yeah. You know, they're watching a YouTube right. from Life Church or right. whatever Stephen Furtick's up to or what. That's a whole different, good, you could get me going on that. Mm-hmm. I've seen so much, like, egregious plagiarism, even here locally. It's just disappointing. God did not place us in pulpits to re-preach other people. I've heard people tell other people's jokes in the first person as if it was happening to them. Oh, What geez. are we doing? That's plagiarism. It, yeah. Blatant. Well, it absolutely is, but nobody cares, and these churches that... They, they like, they present this information. So it would be like us saying, oh, we just did this really great series on Psalms, which <clears throat> is sort of laughable, but we <laughs> we just did this really great sermon series on Psalms. Here's all of our graphics. Right. That he, bothers me yeah, too. Here's all of our stuff. Just take it for free. I don't know how these churches end up getting kickbacks, but it's like, here's my sermon outlines and it's like bullet points and you just kind of go in there. And like, I'm just thinking... Who's paying this person knowing, oh, I love I love my pastor, and I love how he takes uh, Scotty McGee's <laughs> sermon notes from Oklahoma City, and he just makes them his own. I just love that about my pastor. What? Who is saying and that? And they present it like it's theirs, right? Well, yeah. I don't think the people in the seats necessarily know that they're getting you know, warmed over, plagiarized sermons. See, as a graphic designer, too, that bothers me because... Some graphic designer has put time into this thing, and I guess are they well, okay? With I mean, it they're being... getting paid, but their work is going out there, and it's not stamped. Like, there's no right, right. So then, what? So what happens is, you you think that the graphic-y creative person from that church that's now has sharing created. this has created this, right? 
I would hate that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I fell into a funk because I'm, I, I'm a questionable person. But like whenever I would see a sermon, a new sermon series pop up with a sweet, you know, sort of graphic package, mm-hmm. I would Google it. Mm-hmm. Oh, where'd they get this? Where'd they get, and, and seven out of 10 times it came from somewhere. Uh-huh. And then I just seethe on the inside and don't do anything with that and just feel gross you know. Well, but we're not doing that, so. Thank you. All that our was, stuff that, is that, all that, our that, stuff is original. No, that, was, that was a good, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Listen, if you want to take a church from a hundred down to down to twenty five or thirty, I can give you some sermons. <laughs> hey, if you want to get yourself in a in a stew of controversy, I want. Why don't you, why don't you take some, some of my sermon outline? We've got outline. some material for you. <laughs> We've got some graphics that could get you into oh, some yeah, trouble. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I've been I've been trying to get Tessa to start I don't know the format like video, little Instagram stuff, whatever, where she just talks about art, whether it's the things that she's viewing or the things that she's making because Tessa is so deliberate in the art that she makes. Like there's things all over it that I'm not aware of um just as a viewer. And most people never become aware of. <laughs> nor nor do most people care so like yeah. a lot of times um i'll i'll give tessa an idea about something she'll create something or she just goes rogue and does something and shows it to <laughs> me and then i'll say well let's show it to some people and we'll have options and in our in our core of our being we're like oh they're definitely not going to pick the one that we like uh-huh. because it's too subtle or because it's too controversial or because it's too i don't even know the word and and sure enough, people will usually. It's almost like we can predict what people will be drawn to, and it's not usually the subtle stuff. It's disappointing every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I got real. We it's could, like I just want people to appreciate nuance, and we do not live in that world. Don't. No, we do not live in that world of they nuance. They want the tomato that looks like a tomato. That's real. Okay. <laughs> Um, yes. So Psalms, because of this, um, commitment to contribute these sermon manuscripts, I thought to myself, well, I probably won't do it unless I force myself to do it. So let's do a five week sermon series on Psalms and I will create and write these sermon manuscripts and then I will preach them on zoom, which is one of the worst ideas you could come up with because (laughs) zoom is, is terrible in and of itself. Second of all, me reading a sermon manuscript on Zoom would be even worse. So what happened is, same thing. I I prepared the stuff. I had some notes. We talked about things. uh, We had conversations about these psalms. And now, six weeks later, because of the snow week, I don't have my sermon manuscripts done. Right. So, So my hatred of the psalms continues. Yeah. Now look, this might be a fun way into it, because... Here's something I've been thinking of as I've been putting some of these writings together. Um, In the literature, whenever people are talking about the book of Psalms, they intro it like it's the greatest thing of all time. When you say the literature, are you saying things written by scholars? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking talking commentaries. Mm -hmm. I'm talking Old Testament introductions. Mm -hmm. Just a quick note, a commentary would be like a pastoral or a scholarly resource that has every, hopefully, every verse of every chapter with some comment. 
Mm-hmm. Like they would be explaining things, what's going on, depending on the, the commentary series, what the Hebrew's doing, um, how the author is using certain turns of phrases. Like they're, they're trying to... Contextual stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're breaking it all down so that when you're done reading about a certain passage, you have a better understanding of what that passage is saying. Now, of course, just like everything else, you've got commentaries written by studs, and you've got commentaries written by duds. duds. Absolutely. <laughs> or like just very focused in a certain theological framework. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm super reformed, and the way that I'm going to talk about this is from a super reformed lens. Are there agendas in yeah. the commentaries? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, and I don't use that word like there. it's malicious. Yeah. But you cannot escape your own hermeneutic. Hermeneutic, your 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 biases, your prejudices, your background, your context. I'm a white middle class dude. What? And I know, <laughs> I know. And so I'm always going to write like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really good for me when I um like I got a I got a friend who's a, a New Testament scholar down at Campbell University in, in North Carolina. And sometimes I'll send her some things uh, that I've written or like we work on these classes that we do together and she'll often read my stuff and say, hey, um, you might want to think about this too, you know, mm-hmm. because as as much as I try to escape my own prison, oh my it's gosh. not, you know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> Everyone's like you, you got can't, a cage. <laughs> you can't, you can't get past it. Now, the good commentators are ones who are aware of this inbuilt sort of bias and they're reading other people Mm -hmm. to help them get a a breadth of knowledge that's commentaries old testament introductions are specialized nerdy volumes that talk about the background of every book not what's in the book but who wrote it Mm -hmm. when they wrote it how it was put together how it's been received like that sort of stuff do they include like what was happening at the time in wherever it was written? Yeah, or I mean, no? it it depends on the book. So okay. if you have something like Psalms, traditional understanding of Psalms is David wrote Psalms. Mm-hmm. David, according to scholars, absolutely did not write Psalms. Mm-hmm. No chance whatsoever. And now what we have is 150 poems that are ambiguous enough that we can't really date at a certain time unless they're talking about the exile. The Babylonian exile in the 6th century BC where Nebuchadnezzar comes in and destroys Jerusalem and destroys the temple. Some Psalms are looking back at that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Psalm 137 is a classic example. Uh, Like they hung their harps on the tree branches or something. Gosh, I should have that memorized, but I don't. So it's like... (laughs) Uh, and they're talking about like the the people that have captured them are asking them to sing songs, like they're taunting them. This is a this is looking back to the exile. So you've got some psalms that that have that as their background, but beyond saying, well, this has the exile in the rearview mirror, you can't say much about its date. One guy even says that within the psalms you have 150 different backgrounds, right? Because you have 150 compositions. Um, so each one has a different background, a different setting, maybe a different author. You've got all these different things. So Psalms can't really get into a whole lot of detail in an Old Testament introduction as to the author and date because it's all over the place. Uh, think about it like this. 
if I sent you a link to a random Spotify playlist mm -hmm. and said, who wrote these songs? And it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What was the background? Well, you know, for this song, it was maybe this was happening in in Eminem's life when he wrote this particular it's like a soundtrack. Ditty. Yeah. It's a compilation of all kinds of things that's been put together. I like thinking of it as a Spotify playlist too, because in a, in a, uh, well, in some Spotify playlists, you might take an entire EP and put it in. So like if I'm, right. make, if I'm making a playlist, yeah. I'm going to put uh, the Oh Hello's untitled EP mm -hmm. in somewhere and just let it play through because mm -hmm. it's so good. Mm -hmm. So it's like some of these Psalms have had a history grouped together and then they find their way into this larger collection. But how do you describe the background? It's, it's, really, it's really difficult to do that. So anyway, in the commentaries and in the Old Testament introductions and in all of these, uh, even the intro notes to a study Bible, mm -hmm. talk about agendas. Talk about agendas. Uh -huh. don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like your NIV study Bible will probably say, yeah, David wrote some of these Psalms because it says a Psalm of David, which, yeah, okay. Nobody, the majority of scholars would disagree with that for a number of reasons, um, but they don't want to rock the boat by either by bringing that up for discussion and outing themselves or they haven't allowed themselves to agree with that because of other commitments that they have to the Bible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like the intro notes to your study Bible, that certainly has an agenda depending on which study Bible it is, who it's published by, what version of the Bible it is. Like, so the NRSV is a ecumenical translation that most scholars use. They don't give two rips, usually what they're saying. Mm -hmm. The ESV, English Standard Version, they give a lot of rips, all the rips even, <laughs> uh -huh. because if something doesn't go within their theological framework, it's, it's really problematic. And their readers would say so as well, and they would revolt. One example is um, when the Revised Standard Version, not the New Revised, but the Revised Standard Version came out, which I think was back in the, oh, I don't know, I don't remember. But I, there was a change in how they translated Isaiah 7.14 from the virgin shall give birth to the young woman shall give birth. In that, whole, in that prophecy um, it, given to Ahaz, like, mm -hmm. hey, um, a virgin is going to conceive and have a child. They changed it to a young woman, mm. which is actually what that word means right. in the Hebrew. Right. But when you translate it correctly people lose their minds right because because it, the virgin birth is a big freaking deal big freaking deal absolutely yeah. and when uh you know matthew and luke include it it's a it's a big freaking deal and we know that text through their lens not through the lens of isaiah okay so anyway in all of these sources mm -hmm. they say without fail Psalms is one of the most beloved and most familiar texts in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. I would add, if not the entire Bible. Right. It, 
one of the quotes <laughs> that I've been working with, I know I was getting ready to go, but uh-huh. I'm, 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 I'm holding it back. One all of the right, quotes I'm right. working with is, is from a guy named Herman Gunkel. Good old Gunkel. Yep. Father of form criticism. Uh, writing around the turn of the 20th century, he died in 1932. He was very instrumental in Genesis scholarship, but much more so in Psalms scholarship. Because give the people, give the people a brief description of form criticism. Uh, is there such a thing? <laughs> no, yeah, there is. I just wasn't expecting it. Oh, sorry. Um, here, this is what I'll tell you that Hermann Gunkel did. Okay. Do you remember? And I'll do it by the way of analogy. First night no, no, no. of September. <laughs> no. Um, what's that from? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No, no. Um, this goes back to, this is a Josh and Tessa side chat here. Uh-huh. Before we started this, like we were yeah. talking about like how you remember lyrics. Yeah. I, I would not have been able to piece oh. those lyrics together, I don't think. Gotcha. I don't know if I have the date right, but anyway. Yeah, whatever. Um, so when I was a kid... I was a member of the Sam Goody Frequent Buyer Club. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would get points and whatever, mm-hmm. and they would mail them to my house. For and the I would... youngsters, Sam Goody is a <laughs> music store in the mall. Well, that's the point. So a music store. And now maybe for the hipsters, it's like you go to the record store. Gosh, we used to go to Tower Records. See, you was, had co- you had cool it was stores. Great. When we would when we would go to like Tyson's Corner, or we mm-hmm. would like leave the Peninsula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we would go to real record stores. We had a Sam Goodies and a Waxy Maxies. I've never heard of Waxy Maxies, but okay. I don't know if it was a chain or if it was just local to here, but whatever. So we had two of them in in the same mall, and you would go to Waxy Maxies, you go to Sam Goodies, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I would go in, same as anything, like racks of CDs. Yeah. Genre categories at the top. Yep. Alphabetized by artist. Yep. Have you ever thought about this though? Somebody somewhere, like a, a, a dutiful Sam Goody employee, ostensibly would be ha, would have a box of CDs yes. that needed to go in those categories. Right. Okay, that's Herman Gunkel. Oh, okay. Herman Gunkel took the Psalms and arranged them not Alphabetically, of course, but according to genre. Lament Psalms. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the other one. So so for Gunkel, there was five main ones. And I, I, I'm going to screw this up, I think. But he would say, praise Psalms, yeah. otherwise known as a hymn. An individual lament, mm. which is the lament from a single person. There's also yeah. a communal lament. I think that was one of the five. A royal psalm and a thanksgiving of the individual. Okay. These are all genres. And then he had a bunch of minor ones too. Torah psalms, mm-hmm. uh, blessings and cursings, mixed genre. Like it's a, a mashup. Miscellaneous. It, well, no, <laughs> oh, not, not mashup. It's, oh. Yeah, it's like two. It's like, like girl talk. here's a little. Yeah, here's a, I don't <laughs> think they were. I don't know if that's on this no. version. Girl talk guys, listen to it. So every week, Tessa and I, we record this. We do like four or five false starts because yeah. I get nervous and then I delete it. Yeah. In one of the false starts, Tessa was exposing me to a girl talk. A, a, somebody who mashes. He's a great. The ma- artist's mash name up. is Girl Talk. Yes. Okay. Whatever. Um, no, but sometimes you say this is part Thanksgiving and part lament mm-hmm. mashed together. Okay, so within those genres, is he the one that did like the the form within the the individual psalm, the form of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. How do you know that? 
We've talked about this. Oh, we we have. Yeah, where it like turns from. Yeah, yeah, something great. To, yeah, Perfect. Okay. okay, so music is probably not the best example of this, um, unless you want to talk. Unless, you're unless listening to like a. Where are you gonna go? I'm gonna go with any of the stuff that you would hear at a church that has an electric guitar. Okay. Smoke and lights. It's intro, verse one, verse oh, two, okay. chorus. I see what you're saying. Verse three, chorus, chorus. Bridge, huge bridge, emotional bridge, yeah. orgasmic bridge. Oh my. That's a term. God, okay. That is a term. Okay. My one friend talks about like worship music sort of being like this this dance that is supposed to get the audience to. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> yes. But think about it. It brings us it. back to that Usher song. It, yeah. <laughs> Usher. Usher. So. Like there's, this... I was gonna say it's sort of like a symphony with different movements. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that works too. <laughs> no, no. So you know, like there's certain certain genres, and you could think about it in this way. Um, this is fun. I'm actually getting to use a lot of the analogies that I've used in in the book that I'm writing. Oh, great. Right here, right now. Cool. But like, you can predict when a guitar solo is about to happen mm-hmm. in a in a blues song, yep. in a rock song. Like you know when it's gonna go because you're. So it's like. The pattern, the movement, mm-hmm. the form. That's what Gunkel's talking about, the form of this. I think this works better, though, when you when you talk about films, hmm. right? So within a romantic comedy, say, yeah. starring Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. there's a the form. Proposal. Yeah, any of them. I mean, yeah. put any of them in yeah. there. It's like this, this thing that just moves. While um, you were sleeping. I would probably go so- something different, like uh, say anything. Boy mm. likes. Was she in that? No, she okay, wasn't. Great. So like, I, that's why I'm, I'm trying to. Sack. I'm trying to steer away from it, Sandra because okay. I don't know her movies too gotcha. well. But like, boy likes girl. Mm-hmm. Girl doesn't know boy exists. Boy shows up and wears down girl so that girl likes boy. Yeah. What John Cusack does and say anything is he says he said Cusack. He says, <laughs> watch out for that broken glass. And then he slides the broken glass away and and moves her around it when they're walking to the gas station. Mm. Slick. That's all he needed. Yep. So now girl likes boy, mm-hmm. but girl then finds out that boy did something uh-huh. somewhere. The conflict. Yeah. So comes. it's either like, remember, uh, she's all that. It's a bet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that makes her feel like this is inauthentic. Or like losing a guy, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Any of that. Finds out that yep. she's writing the article. But then what happens at the end? They get together. Yes. Obviously. Big music. Romantic proposal, kissing under twinkly lights, if yep. it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, yep. any of that stuff. So there's this pattern, there's this form, there's this progression within the genre, and Gunkel is saying this is how a praise psalm moves. It moves from an initial call to praise, hallelujah, mm-hmm. technically uh, sing praise to Yah, shortened mm-hmm. for Yahweh, then the reason or rationale for praise Sing praise to Yahweh because or for he has done X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or because he is X, Y, and Z. Right. And then maybe sometimes the form goes to uh, a concluding call to praise, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. There's some flexibility there. Right. So he's he's organizing things according to their form. Sometimes, though, it's also according to content. So something like a like a Torah psalm, which is a psalm that's about Torah and how cool it is. Mm. Like the law is awesome. (laughs) 
it doesn't matter about the form. Are there a lot of Torah songs? <laughs> there's not a lot, but there's okay. a handful. A Psalm 119 would be an example okay. of one. And Psalm, 19, Psalm 119 is a beast. Psalm 19 is also one. Um, it's a beast because it's it's an acrostic, an alphabetic acrostic poem. So the first word of every of the line begins with a certain letter of the alphabet, mm-hmm. and then it moves to the second letter of the alphabet. Hmm. Psalm 119 is intense, though, because I believe there's eight consecutive lines of Aleph, oh. and then eight consecutive lines that start with Bait, and then eight consecutive... So, so this it, is a long it's, psalm. <laughs> it's a monster. I think it's 172 or oh, something boy. verses. It's it's big. Um, so If I wrote a psalm, I think it would be more like a haiku. Yeah, something, <laughs> something nice and short. Yep. So sometimes it's the form, sometimes it's the content, sometimes it's both. Now, back to the Sam Goodies. Here's the difference with Gunkel. Mm-hmm. Gunkel is the first employee at the first Sam Goodies working without genre categories. Ah, uh, he's got to invent the system. He's inventing all of it. Gotcha. So he's got a label maker. And he's typing out. Oh, I love a label maker. Praise, uh-huh. and you know the label's getting jammed. He's like, "What the?" <laughs> he's getting ticked, but then he finally gets it, and then he's organizing all the stuff into their genre categories. That's Herman Gunkel. Hmm. The reason why we're talking about Herman Gunkel for the yeah. astute listeners, or yes. for the listeners who are not not astute, is because in his last book on Psalms, which he died. Uh, before he could finish it, and one of his students finished it for him. So in the late 20s, early 30s, he says Psalms is the most familiar and most celebrated book in the Old Testament. And this sort of thought has just been peddled throughout hmm. to current. Any any book on Psalms is going to say something like this. Yeah. And I think it's B.S., do you think it's just he said it and it's just been perpetuated? Hmm. Or do you think it's, I don't know. I think culture has shifted. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Oh, getting spicy. <laughs> getting spicy. Spicy. Is that Stefan? Yes. <laughs> I love that. New York's hottest club is spicy. <laughs> uh, if ever I'm feeling low, I just, you know, go to YouTube and watch all of those. So good. It's golden. There's another recurring sketch that I watch too that I'm afraid to admit here on the podcast. Interesting. So I will not okay, because great. I think the humor might be lost and it would put me in a in a category that, of person that I don't okay. want to be put into. Yeah, just keep that one to yourself then maybe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, so when Gunkel's writing, people read the Bible. Right. When Gunkel's writing, people preached from the Bible. Mm. When Gunkel's writing, people used the Bible in their corporate worship. Mm -hmm. When Gunkel's writing, people sang songs that had the Psalms Psalms in them. them. Yeah. Some places even just exclusively, Mm -hmm. like churches that only will sing psalms nothing else because that's not in the bible Mm. (laughs) they're really fun to have a potluck with (laughs) i bet but like this sort of idea it keeps going down through through time advance it to the 1980s or so like when i'm a kid Mm -hmm. i think it's still true Uh, i've been there's this, uh, this other book called i think it's the psalms 
through 3,000 years or something like that. The guy's basically looking at how the Psalms have been um, received in different places. Interesting. And the anecdote that he uses to open this book is, in his pastoral ministry, prior to him being an Old Testament scholar, he had a parishioner who had a stroke. Um, her brain function was was fine, but she was unable to speak and struggled to communicate. But he would go visit her, and when he did, there was this little like kid's chalkboard with an alphabet around it and a, a row of letters, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, a row of numbers. And in order for her to communicate, he would point to the row and say, is the letter in this row? Is it in that row? Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? And he, they would go through this whole thing, and every time she would spell out PS23 to get him to read Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. For this woman, her name was Beth, Psalm 23 held nostalgia, it held comfort, it held all these like really personal responses. Mm-hmm. And I'm a minister. Right, mm-hmm. and I've never. For, I mean, first of all, our congregation is pretty young. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of pastoral visitations right. that, that are happening as in, in that sort of frame. Mm-hmm. But I can't think that if I go to visit you in the hospital, say mm-hmm. that you would want me to just read you Psalms. No, probably not. Maybe Penny and Sparrow lyrics. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or like. Do a Stefan yes. sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Lighten things up a bit. Oh, that would be so great if pastors <laughs> could do that. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like Beth's situation seems totally distinct now because people aren't reading the Bible. Nobody's preaching the Bible. Nobody's singing the Bible. We don't really give two craps about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have this nostalgia anymore with the Bible. I write, I've been writing on Psalms for 10 days. 12 years like mm-hmm. i don't crack them open every morning and be like oh, i'm gonna get my folgers and i'm gonna have my jesus <laughs> time here with the psalms and really just think about what it means to be a uh you know a, a nomad in the ancient world herding sheep because that just speaks to me right you know what i mean yeah and i'm wondering like if my hypothesis is true or not you know, like, do people still have this romantic feeling about Psalms? Drop a comment in the uh, <laughs> below the episode. Here's here's the other. We think, even check the comments. No, I don't. no. okay. Here, well, I mean, we would if we got some. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the other thing about that too. As I'm thinking about this and, and writing some of it down, I scroll through Facebook, which I'm not going to recommend that to anybody at any point. No, it's never good. I mean, almost two years into a to a pandemic, my Facebook uh, timeline is pretty well curated. Mm-hmm. You know, got that snooze hitting. I've got those people unfollowed. It's yep. it's fine. However, you know, I'm not I'm not out to unfollow just the well meaning, generally innocuous, devoted Christian follower mm-hmm. who likes to share those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of those things that I see a lot on my timeline yeah. is that prepackaged, indescript, Bible-y stuff from you version. It's like, oh, this is your verse for the day. Share this. It's the vaguely inspirational yep. photo with mm-hmm. the words yep. on top. So guess what? 
I saw the first two lines from Psalm 121 that said something about, um, oh gosh, it's about a mountain. That's And that's all I can pull right now. <laughs> this is another reason why like the imposter syndrome in me feels so deep because when I say oh, I've been, you know, thinking and writing about Psalms, so like, oh, you must have them all memorized. No, I, not at all. You know, some of them I've probably only read a handful of times because they're not meaningful to me in any sense of the term. Psalm right. 121, though. Did you get it? Did you pull it up? I will lift mine eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? Yep. Yes. Yep. So it talks about like mountains. I'm lifting my eyes. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, whatever. Reminds me of that, um, that song. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my okay. help come okay. from? Okay, see, and that's flashback. We still sing psalms. Yeah. They're just... <laughs> they're just the most cookie cutter and they're buried it's buried like that mm-hmm. if you said oh i love psalm 121 they'd be like what are you talking about this is lauren daigle <laughs> is it lauren daigle i don't know no it's like <laughs> third day or okay one whatever. of those mercy me um you know so like it those are those are different and again back to the plagiarism those those fools are making a lot of money on stuff that was written in the ancient world, yeah. and it's not getting its credit. You uh-huh. know, like Ten Thousand Reasons by Matt Redman. That's a psalm, mm-hmm. or some of it is. Yeah, it's Matt Redman. Yeah, you know, not he's really good at writing music. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's also lifting some lyric. Anyway. Right. Anyway, what do you think? I lift my eyes to the mountains, and where does my help come from? What What's the picture? Um. Like, what's the the feeling that... No, no, no. Is... What is the literal picture on that share? Can you... Oh, it's a mountain. Yes, or of it's course. A, yeah. It's a mountain, cool sunset. Like Maybe, maybe someone with their eagle. open Bible no, looking it, over. No, it, it went super literal. So it was mountains. Okay. So I'm scrolling through, yeah. and I'm thinking, this is how people now know Psalms. Uh-huh. You know? They're be, scrolling Facebook. It, it's not Beth saying read me this thing that has been meaningful to me in my entire life. It's show me that thing on my Facebook timeline with the vaguely inspirational lines and a freaking mountain in the background. That's how we know Psalms. And I would say it's not just how we know Psalms. It's how we know most of the Bible. Yeah. Is that earlier before we got on here, I I made this claim to Tessa. Oh, I'm not cynical. (laughs) And I don't know if this is me being cynical, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. We're not – and I I'm, I don't even want to go on record and say, like, I wish we were all waking up at 5 a.m. to really pour through Scripture. That's uh-huh. not what I'm saying yeah. at all. But that level of familiarity, Gunkel's word, and uh, belovedness, the celebrated status of Psalms now – has been drastically reduced to a BS share on mm-hmm. Facebook that is next to meaningless for most people as they're scrolling through. You know? Who, it's also who, stops, like who that. stops there and says, oh, yeah, where does my help? I don't think most people do. No. What's, no. What's, your, what's your point of comparison? You just had one. I kind of cut you off. I have no idea. Awesome. <laughs> uh, always makes me feel so bad because yeah. I wanted to get my thought out, and oh, then you had one, and then it's gone. Okay, so that's that's sort of what I'm I'm wrestling with is these ideas of psalms and how 
I don't know if they still hold that place in the life of faith. And it all goes along with just how uh, the Bible, for the most part, has been relegated to. Um, we hold it in high esteem, and we talk a big game about it, and we're really trying to make sure we live biblically. We don't like to talk about it. I think also for our community specifically, I I don't know, at least I personally feel sort of out of touch with the pick a song, yeah. put it on a picture of a mountain, stick it up on Facebook because I feel more aware that there's like more like I the immediate thing for me is like what's in the rest of the psalm? Yeah. <laughs> what's the the context of the psalm? Like what I don't know. What did it mean for people back then? Which not to say that it can't mean something for us today, but Oh, yes. I think that Psalms, you can, like I was trying to be funny when I you know, was talking about, give me that stuff about an old shepherd, because mm-hmm. I really relate. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. But, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I get it more than most, I think, because I know that within its ancient Near Eastern context, shepherding has this kingly background as well. So, like, there's a text in Ezekiel, I think it's 34, where it's talking about Israel's shepherd and how God will become Israel's shepherd. And it's all in the context of kings. Mm -hmm. It's not just this, oh, I'm a sheep, and God is that good shepherd Mm -hmm. leading me to quiet waters. There's there's more than that there. It's like this. there's some kingly overtones that are Mm -hmm. happening. Um, but I don't know crap about sheep <laughs> and or how to farm or uh-huh. what it's like to be a, a Bedouin uh, agriculturalist in the ancient world. No, but neither. I get that image. Mm-hmm. You do. I mean, we all do. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, okay, sure. So we can dive in to this book if we wanted to and track along with it. I've also got this conversation in the back of my head, too. This is a fun one uh, that I was having with Evan. Mm-hmm. Evan is a, a, a parishioner, member, uh, part of the TRP community. And one of the most like organized slash disciplined, like this mm-hmm. fool was, was running, training to be in the Marine Corps as a 12-year-old. His house was uh, on the way uh, on the way home. For me, so, uh-huh. so a lot of times I would see 12 to 13-year-old Evan with a ruck pack, like running around, getting ready oh for, my him, gosh. for him to be in the Marine Corps, which he did. He went on to do that. Now he's a he's in law enforcement. So he's like regimented, I think disciplined. Laura jokes about him being 35 from the time he was, you know, five. He was not a normal <laughs> 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, so he was doing a read the Bible through the year program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stereotypically when people read through the Bible, they get hung up on the back half of Exodus and then Leviticus and Numbers and all that law mm-hmm. and stuff about bodily secretions <laughs> and nocturnal emissions mm-hmm. and, you know, where how, how you need to be ritually purified. It's just like, all scriptures God breathed. Uh-huh. Okay, right. Well, <laughs> cool. Tell me about your relationship with Leviticus. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, 
I, I think Leviticus is kind of cool. <laughs> of course. Personally. But not from a the standpoint of life application. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. different. It's mm-hmm. a historical sort of thing. But Evan was fine with all of that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what really tripped me up? They would put a psalm at the end of every day, and I really don't like psalms. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh, gosh, tell me more. Because at this point, like, I was waist deep in psalms world. Mm-hmm. And I was still buying into Gunkel saying, yeah, everybody loves this. This is great. Everybody think has really romantic feelings about psalms. And Evan's mm-hmm. like, this is heinous, uh-huh. and I don't want to read it. Yeah. And for him, it was like poetry, uh, weird stuff, praying other people's prayers. I'm kind of freestyling here, but it was he had a, he had a list of things. It was like I just can't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not into it. So you know, if I'm visiting Evan in the hospital, I'm not breaking out Psalms and like, all right, right, Evan, let's let's do some of this ancient uh, biblical Hebrew poetry <laughs> together. I'll read a line, then you read a line. <laughs> More likely to break out Leviticus or yeah. Psalms. Let's talk about bodily secretions yeah. <laughs> and how to become pure. So I don't know. There, that was just like this thing that I've been thinking about here recently is our cultural appreciation for Psalms or lack thereof. And I just, I, I, I'm kind of at the place now where I'm thinking most people don't give two rips. And if they do, they're 40 and older. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I turned 40 back in the fall, and my upbringing was different. Like, I remember pocket New Testaments with psalms at the end. Yep. You know, I, I remember singing songs that I knew came from psalms. Right. I remember people still preaching from the Bible. I'm hammering this because, you know, churches nowadays, it's like their sermon series, and, and I guess I'm specifically thinking low church evangelical types mm-hmm. that are attempting to be quote relevant yeah and quote seeker churches meaning mm-hmm. non-church people come in and you know back in the day we used to think oh they'll come in if we don't give them anything overly religious uh-huh. so the bible and songs you know it'd be cool is if we sang some like we did an 80s all-girl medley uh, and sang Madonna and Cindy Lauper. This is real. I went to a church where they did that, and then the person yeah. said halfway through the medley, we just want to show y'all that we like to have fun. It was a church in Texas, and I'm thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? Have fun, but maybe go be a cover band. I mean, people still do that today. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, of course <laughs> they do. But like, So then the sermon series, it morphs to either... Facebook spirituality. Yeah. I've got two verses here that will really pump up the crowd. Or five weeks on insert indiscriminate life topic. Finances, relationships, um, car maintenance. Not Is re- that no, real? Not really, but <laughs> okay. why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, oh, you're struggling with freeing up space on your computer. We've got three weeks that will help you to clear your hard drive, just like God wants you to clear uh-huh. your hard drive. Whatever. Whatever. I, that I, yeah, I don't know means. what that means. <laughs> clear your history. Okay, where's this yikes, sermon yikes, going? Yikes. Where's this going? <laughs> like, but that sort of stuff has has steered us away from a deep dive into the Bible. And I'm not wanting to go on record and say, here's the thing that people want. Mm-hmm. People want 
a PhD pastor who can do a deep dive into the book of Joel Mm -hmm. because it's immediately relevant to your life. Yes. That, Tessa, that has been proven to be ineffective, largely (laughs) ineffective, okay? (laughs) Haven't done a series on Joel yet, but it's coming. Is it? It's a cool book. Okay. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I don't know. So that that's that's some of my orienting thoughts on on Psalms. And as I look here at the timer, yes, that uh, illustrious, ever moving timer here. It's a thorough introduction. It's quite. It's not what I anticipated doing. No, but you know, sometimes you just you get in the booth. Get in the it just booth. Just flows. And you know, for me, whenever Herman Gunkel comes up, it's. I'll trance out. Yeah. You know, he is for me like the ASMR <laughs> of my life. You know, just somebody talking about Hermon mm-hmm. Gunkel and I'll get the tinglies in the back of my neck. Like, gunk- gunkle it up. Gunkle that up. So instead of at minute 52-ish mm-hmm. uh, continuing on, yes. I'm going to read the room is what I'm going to do. And not just the room I'm in because yes. it's just me and you. The- and I think you're mildly interested. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to read the larger audio room for our listeners. It's the big R. Yeah. And and say, y'all don't want Psalm 3. Not now. No, not no. now. You want to hit stop. You want to get off the treadmill. Yep. You want to get out of the van. Yep. You want to get back to life and yep. hit up Psalm 3 the next time. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I can, I can do that. That's like the classic pastor move when it's like, and finally, and then they keep going for 30 uh-huh. minutes. And you're like, dude, get us out of here. But again, that's not some that's not something that really happens anymore, I don't think. It's no. like I'm gonna land the plane here, but I do have one more thing to say about the maintenance of your laptop. Right, 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 right. You know, I just don't think that's I don't think that's how that works anymore. But also I'm I'm pretty cloistered. So sometimes When I think of the word cloistered, I think of nuns. Yeah, well, that's that's an appropriate use of the term. Great. <laughs> I, I have thoughts on the American church, and I don't know how accurate they are, broadly speaking, yeah. sometimes. I think it's they're hard in, to I, know. I think they're in the ballpark. Yeah. But with this one, you got a lot on the introduction to Psalms. You got some ways of thinking about uh, Gunkel and what he was up to, and also ways to think about Psalms as a book. Mm-hmm. It's 150 uh, individual compositions that perhaps have their own background information, different authors, different settings, different uh, set of circumstances leading up to the writings of these psalms, and they've been included. I didn't say this with much specificity, but just like that Netflix, nope, just like that Spotify yeah, playlist, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody somewhere is organizing right. the, the list, mm-hmm. taking some of their favorite ones. This is what people are doing for Psalms, too. Mm -hmm. They're ordering, they're shaping, they're arranging, they're putting them into a certain um, order so that they can be heard in a certain way, which I'll go on record and say, that's not how we approach it. Right. We like Psalm 121, the first two verses, and a mountain backdrop, (laughs) and then we want to get out of there. Yep. And we don't care what Psalm 120 says or what Psalm 122 says or Mm. what the larger scope of book five of the psalms says we might not even know that the psalms is divided into five books no for the people who are don't want to get out of there they want to stay in the room with the psalms do you have commentaries that you like 
well, my book is coming out. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I got tons of stuff. Uh, for this for this sort of stuff, I would say don't get a commentary. That's that's okay. silly. Most normal people don't want commentaries. So just buy your book on Psalms when Again, it comes out. Again, here, here's a rant. Most pastors don't want or use commentaries. Mm, right. And you don't have to when you're just taking two verses as a launch pad for your predetermined thoughts on vague mm, spirituality. Right. Hot take. Hot take. But yeah, I would say don't mess around with a commentary. If you were to get a commentary, I would recommend Psalms for Everyone by my main man, Johnny G. Johnny G. John, John Golden Gay, my uh, doctoral supervisor who has done the entire For Everyone series in the Old Testament. They're really accessible, and they're good for devotions because they're broken up into two or three page chunks, and he's not dealing with a lot of historical background Within Psalms, that's that's hard to do, but it's it's just enough nerdiness to keep you going, mm-hmm. but not enough to bore you to tears. Cool. The same for the New Testament series as well. N.T. Wright has written that. Very good for devotionals if you are a devotional type person. Um, as far as just broad introductions to Psalms, I might have to think about that. All right. I mean, we can put a list up somewhere. Here's what I would here's what I would recommend. I would recommend getting your hands on the Book of Psalms translation by one Robert Alter because his notes at the bottom are awesome and he has a really good uh, introductory essay about Psalms. But when you read it, it'll be different and it'll be interesting and it'll it'll keep you going. But yeah, I'll I'll drop some other things in the in the show notes. <laughs> cool. For all, all of our nerds in residence. But think about this, do on these things, and then we'll come back with the first of the five sermons uh, that were not written but were discussed amongst the people of TRP. We'll give you that next time. Yep. You got anything? I got nothing. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Peace, love, <laughs> equality. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.